Brexit means Brexit. An exit from Brexit. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Shame it's a notch of the cigarette. Order! Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. I'm Will. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not joined by my co-host Conrad uh, today as he's ill. However, I am joined by the Member of Parliament for Lewisham Deptford, Shadow Minister for Civic Society and Chair of the Youth Violence Commission, Vicky Foxcroft. Hello, Vicky. Oh, hi, Will. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Firstly, I'd like to ask, why do you think knife crime has increased so much in recent years? Um, I think, you know, you can't go and, you know, cut youth services, cut Sure Start, cut pastoral support in school and actually cut community support police officers as well and not, not, you know, think that there will be some kind of impact. And one of the things is when knife crime kind of starts spreading, you know, and one of our kind of big headline recommendations in terms of the public health approach um, in terms of the Youth Violence Commission's report is, you know, the World Health Organization say you have to treat violence like a disease um, and diseases spread. And this is what we're seeing in terms of knife crime at the moment is that it's spreading, you know, further and further. And that's the reason why we need to kind of have an approach that um, that really does look in terms of policing, but also looks at all of those other support services to go and, you know, help our young people to be able to build, you know, fantastic lives and ensure that they're resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, you set up the Youth Violence Commission back in 2016. What prompted you to do that? Um, very sadly um, for us in Lewisham and Lewisham Deptford, we lost um, a number of young people's lives and people were, you know, obviously angry. Um, you know, they were angry with politicians. They were angry um, with the police. They were, you know, angry in their local communities. And kind of a realisation that um you know it 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 wasn't just you know kind of one person's responsibility um but that it was a whole community approach but also mm-hmm. a realization that that you can't just um tackle all of these things um overnight and the one thing that we wanted to make sure that we did do when we set up the youth violence commission is we wanted to um make sure um, that it was evidence-led, which is the reason why mm-hmm. we had academics from uh, Warwick University and the Open University work with us on this. And we also felt it was really important that young people's voices were at the heart of the debate because, you know, young people aren't, you know, kind of just the problem. They're actually part of the solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a, a strong link between pupils with special educational needs not being properly looked after by the educational system and knife crime. Uh, What would you say is the reason that many young people in situations like this become involved in knife crime? Um, I don't know if you saw the Children's Commissioner's report that was out, I think it was yesterday, which is really Mm -hmm. interesting and really kind of drove down in terms of um, those links. But a part of it is making sure that kids go and get the support that they need. Um, so, you know, it, there's a large number of kids with special educational needs that aren't receiving the care packages that mm-hmm. they should be. And that's because there's been cuts in terms of resources. So, you know, schools are struggling 
um, to be able to go and get them that support that they require. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that part of the reason that we have seen uh, such a rise in knife crime is to do, because the media are obviously being uh, criticised regarding this, do you think that the role of knives in the media plays a part at all in the rise of knife crime, or do you think that they're separate issues? No, I mean, I, th- I think quite often that the media report, um, you know, very, um, uh, you know, in a very sensational, uh, a sensationalised way around the issue. And, you know, young people tell me all of the time, you know, they want to see... Um, you know, images of them, messages about them that talk about how wonderful our young people are. And yet in the media, all we're going and seeing is is images, um, you know, of young people, you know, stabbing each other, carrying knives and so forth. And then that's, you know, kind of reinforcing that that's what the norm is for them, rather than the norm being, you know, that actually there are future doctors, our future politicians, our future... Um, engineers you know or whatever wonderful thing it is that they want to go and do with their lives mm-hmm. um, now uh, a lot of people including boris johnson have advocated for stop and search as a way of combating knife crime how effective or ineffective do you think that has been as a policy I think if stop and search is done in the right way, then it's absolutely fine. So in Lewisham, all mm-hmm. of our police have gone and got um, body cameras um, and they have been really important in terms of stop and search in um, one, giving the police the confidence to go about doing it, but two, giving other people you know, the confidence that actually it's appropriate. And I think the thing with stop mm-hmm. and search as well is that it needs to be intelligence led. And one of our problems at the moment is if we don't have more community um, police officers on our street, where are we going and getting that evidence from? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I think that, you know, we've never said that we're anti-stop and search, just that it needs to be done in the appropriate fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of police officers, how linked do you think the rise uh, of knife crime is to the declining number of police officers? Well, it's kind of like what I went and said at the start, you know, you cut sure start, you cut um, youth work, you cut, um, uh, you know, uh, funding in terms of schools to provide that pastoral support and you mm-hmm. cut police numbers at the same time. You know, you know, those those are kind of where the, where the links are, because, you know, arguably you would say for a conservative government, they might go and cut all of the other stuff, but actually they, they wouldn't go and cut police because of civil unrest. Um, and yet, you know, they've gone and you know made a decision to cut, you know, police as well as kind of all of the things that they've done in terms of police pay and police morale and so forth. Um, in the interim report by the Youth Violence Commission, the commission argues for the creation of a national youth policy framework. Do you think you could explain to our listeners what that would entail? Yeah, and I, I guess I can't explain it there kind of, you know, right away in all of the detail mm-hmm. because you do need to go and assess what you've got out there, you know, uh-huh. how much is still being provided by local authorities, how much is being provided by different charities and where are the gaps? Um, and that's what you need to kind of work out. And this is the reason why our headline recommendation was around a public health approach is mm-hmm. making sure that we go and you know, follow the evidence in terms of where the gaps are and where we need to go and make sure that we provide extra support. 
I don't think you can just rip everything up that you've gone and got at a point. I think you need to work with what you've got and be able to build and expand on it. And if I kind of touch on like the National Citizenship Service, you know, mm-hmm. of which, you know, at times I've been, you know, semi-critical that it's only a two-week program for young people. I know in other areas, sometimes they do longer programs, but certainly in terms of Lewisham, that's what it is. Um, you know, but there are parts of that, you know, that we could go and use and expand on to make sure that our, our young people have gone and got... Um, access to you know world-class youth facilities and I think one of the other things that's quite important with youth work is actually listening to young people about what they you know want and I think sometimes we'd be quite surprised when we go and do that Mm -hmm. when I speak to young people the kind of things that they say to me that they want are life skills and I know when I was in a conversation with UK youth and they'd done some surveys of young people about what they wanted and they said that they wanted lessons in terms of budgeting and so forth around, you know, if they want to apply for a mortgage or anything like that in the future. And so they put it on and they worried that nobody would turn up. And all of the um, classes and stuff that they put on were massively oversubscribed. Yeah. Um, turning now uh, just to a recent promotion that you had you were recently made um shadow minister for civic society as a member of the shadow culture team what are your views on ticket tout box i mean i think that that's really you know it's not a um it's not the way that the industry wants um you know their tickets to be sold you know people get excited when you know a certain concert is put on and you know i know that um the artists in the industry want to make sure that people are able to get their tickets at the prices that they're advertised at and not that other people are you know um you know kind of hijacking the system in order to just make their own um, money out of that so it's it's not something that we're in favor of Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like to be in Parliament with um, someone that you ran against in 2015? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how is that as sort of as a as a as a situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose in some ways, um, when when Bim actually stood against us in. Um, Lewisham in 2015. I did say to him, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see you again in the future. Yeah. Um, I, I said, you know, are, are you seeing this as you kind of, you know, run before your actual run? Um, you know, me and Bim, are, uh, uh, the other thing that I did say to him as well is that he went and did a lot of hustings with us, with um, a lot of disability charities, um, a lot of issues. Um, you know, we've gone and got a big university here. And I said mm-hmm. to him, do not forget everything if you're elected somewhere else in the, that you've gone and learned about the communities here when you end up in Parliament in the future. And so one of the first things that I said to him when, um, when I saw him in Parliament is, I hope you don't forget all of the stuff that you, that you went and saw when you were in uh, Lewisham Deptford and actually the things that you went and said to people at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming towards uh, the end of the podcast now, and I'd like to ask one final question. Um, at the moment, we have the Conservative leadership contest and the Liberal Democrat leadership contest and there are a lot of uh, different slogans associated with different candidates. If you ever stood for the leadership of the Labour Party what do you think your slogan would be? 
oh my gosh, I <laughs> most definitely will never be standing for the leadership of the Labour Party. And I know a lot of people say that and then turn around and regret it in the future. But I can absolutely assure you that I don't have any aspirations to be doing that. I want to, you know, do as good a job as I can do in the new role that I've gone and got. And I want to be the best MP that I can be for Lewisham Deptford. Well, Vicky Foxcroft, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Make sure to rate the series on iTunes as well. You can contact us at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Debated Podcast. And like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast. Make sure to tune in to the next episode to hear some great political discussion.